This is the Sheep Just Like Wolves podcast, episode 109. Hello there and welcome to the Sheep Just Like Wolves podcast. My name is Andy Moore and this is the weekly show dedicated to helping encourage, inspire and equip uh, introverted and highly sensitive uh, creative people who want to put themselves and their work in front of other people and the world without getting overwhelmed. I hope you're doing well. Um, I'm experimenting today uh, with something a little bit different. Uh, as you will know if you've been following uh, Sheep Just Like Wolves for a while, I do uh, kind of one blog post and one podcast every week, Monday and Wednesday respectively. Um, and as you can imagine, this kind of requires a, a pretty high level of commitment, not just to kind of create them, but to to come up with new ideas to make them the best they can be. Um, and, and I've been uh, doing a lot of kind of uh, reading and reflecting over the past month, uh, inspired mainly by um, the book Essentialism by by Greg McKeon, uh, or McKeown, McKeown, I think that, uh, McKeown, I think I'm going to go for, uh, it could be McKeown, but I think it's McKeown, um, which, uh, I, I'm going to talk a little bit more about that, uh, that book uh, today, not in great detail. I think I'm going to talk more in depth about it at some point in the future, but uh, it, I'm going to mention it today. Um, and and I've kind of felt compelled to experiment with with making the podcast and the blog post kind of one, uh, kind of merging them together uh, to see how that works, so that I can sort of dedicate all of my thought to just one uh, specific topic each week, rather than kind of coming up with two separate things, uh, one for for the article, one for the podcast episode. Uh, because I think it's it feels to me like I'm I'm spreading myself a little bit thin, uh, trying to uh, come up with with lots of new ideas and not really uh, applying myself to them in in as much detail as I would like. Um, and you know I've I have been uh, doing a little bit of this for for a few months. You know, trying to trying to tie in a a general weekly theme. Um, and so so every week the the blog blog post and the podcast will be uh, have been generally under one kind of banner theme but um, yeah I haven't got quite gone this far yet so uh, yeah I guess one of the things that made me wonder about uh, doing this is the fact that you know there there are on the whole it seems two different audiences one that likes to read articles one that likes to uh, listen to podcasts and so rather than splitting my audience in half and and giving uh, the people that like to read um, stuff one particular thing uh, one one article about something uh, something in particular and then um the the podcast audience something something else uh, i thought it might be worth kind of mixing it all together and doing uh, one post that works uh, both as a blog article but also has an audio podcast attached which kind of um you know uh, develops some of the ideas from from the blog post in in different ways so uh covering the the topic of the blog post but also kind of um yeah te- shining a, a a new light on that and and developing those ideas 
um, in a in a bigger way because I, I can use more words <laughs> in a podcast than I do with a blog post. So that's what's happening this week. Um, if you prefer to read blog posts, then you can find this on sheepdresslikewolves.com. As always, it's a proper article. It's not like show notes. Um, I want to uh, do proper writing, um, but also have the podcast uh, as usual. So everything will be normal, except there will just be one merged um, post each week. So let's see how we get on. I also wanted to do it this way so that I've got more time to dedicate um, to kind of writing and producing music because I've recently started a new job uh, and and so my my time has been squeezed in a different way to to what it has been in the past. I'm juggling a few things I'd, and I really don't want my music to suffer as a result. I, f- I feel uh, really compelled to, to be writing right now and, and to be uh, producing new stuff. So uh, we're going to try this for a few weeks, see how it works, make changes if needs be, you know, adapt as we go along. Uh, and I hope that makes sense and I hope you're up for it. Um, do do let me know any feedback that you have um, about this this little change. Um, and and yeah, we can we can kind of see how we get on, I guess. Um, so yeah, in my in my recent... Uh, video series that uh, I put online um, last week. Um, I identified kind of 10 distractions. The first video identified 10 distractions that can stand between introverted and highly sensitive people and the the active impact that we want to make in the world, which I imagine most of us uh, would be lying if we said that we didn't experience some sort of resistance in this area from time to time. It can be so much harder uh, than it sounds to, to identify what truly matters to us you know we experience uh, conflicting inner voices that pull us in different directions things that tell us um, to to stop to um, to kind of step back from our ambitions from uh, the things that we want to see changed in the in the world and and this can cause confusion about you know what we think we should be doing uh, you know who we uh, feel compelled to to kind of help and how we should be spending our time and at the end of the third and final video I asked the question if you had no constraints in terms of money time energy other people's expectations what would you spend your time uh, doing Um, and I've I've talked about this in the past uh, in the in the context of occupation after um, I was asked um, I was asked by someone um, what what my occupation what my main occupation was I was I was working for them at the time I was I was doing some sort of you know work around their house and and he'd asked uh, so what what's your main occupation um, and and I'd started talking about um, you know oh well, I just I do kind of odd jobs do this and that and and make my money that way and he was like no I'm not asking about you know how you make your money what what occupies you what is it you know that that makes you tick. Um, is what he was trying to get to. And and that was a kind of a real eye-opening question for me because, um, you know, in the past it was always like, what do you do? You know, the question always came, what, what do you do? What, uh, what, um, how do you make a living? All that sort of thing. And it was all about work. And, and it wasn't necessarily about the things that actually you're passionate about, the, the things you care about, the things you want to, um, you know, make an impact with in the world. Um, and so this is a question I often encourage people who are who are struggling to identify what really matters to them to think about. Um, and, and yeah, it, I, f- I find it really um, interesting, really kind of eye-opening to, to, to just come back myself to think about this question um, often. 
And Tom Stafford asked a similar question, which came across in uh, Greg McKeown's book, Essentialism. Um, and he says, instead of asking how much do I value this item, we should ask, if I did not own this item, how much would I pay to obtain it? And the same goes for career opportunities. We shouldn't ask how much do I value this opportunity, but if I did not have this opportunity, how much would I be willing to sacrifice in order to obtain it? And I find this um, really, really insightful. And the answers are very telling. They provide us with true insight into how much value we place on certain objects and even certain relationships. Um, and this insight is not often at the surface of our experience. It may take some digging to, to kind of discover how we truly feel about our lives. Um, you know, every, uh, I, I think Greg McKeown um, uses this in the context of, of um, the, a kind of a wardrobe metaphor. So, you know, sorting through your wardrobe, and he says, sorting through the wardrobe of, of life. Um, and and you, you go through clothes, you find clothes that you haven't worn in ages and ages. Um, and and you, you you pick it up, pick pick up a pair of trousers or pick up an old jacket and you say, I, I can't get rid of this. Um, I need to keep this because I might wear it in the future. Um, and I really like it. Um, but instead of that that the, the the kind of the question that that keeps it in the wardrobe you know how much do i value this item i i value it a lot because i'm about to get rid of it um and uh asking if i did not own this item right now how much would i pay to obtain it um totally changes that around because it makes you think actually you know i don't actually value this this item as much as i think i value this item because Right now, uh, if I didn't have this, I wouldn't be willing to part with any money um, for it. And so it's probably not a necessary um, or a vital part of my life. And, um, and it's unlikely to be in the future as well. And so it kind of shows you how hard it is to say no or to be intentional about what we let in and what we keep in our lives. You know, new opportunities can, can often feel far too important to just let go or to say no to but it's a it's a kind of trick of a, of the mind isn't it it's a defense mechanism against uh, potential regret or it's 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 kind of born out of this this natural hoarding or scarcity centered mindset that we uh, so often have in our lives you know i need to do this today because i don't know what tomorrow will bring i need to say yes to this because if I don't, then I might regret it. And you feel attached to it because you own it or, or because it's been offered. But that's not, that, I mean, that's about the only reason that you're, you're considering keeping it or you're considering taking that opportunity. Because in reality, it might not make sense to your bigger picture. It might not make sense to your true goals, your, your deeper desires. And all of a sudden, because you're considering throwing away the opportunity, or that jacket, the pair of trousers that you, you haven't worn in over a year, it might become even more valuable to you at that moment, which, um, which Greg McKeown uh, says is the, the endowment effect, this idea that something you own is more valuable to you than it actually is um, to anybody else. And, and that moment at which you're about to, you're, you're considering parting with it, it becomes its most valuable um, because you're about to lose it and likewise we can get really attached to patterns of thoughts and to routines and to ingrained habits that are not 
conducive to what we want to do and who we want to be in the grander scheme of things. We, we find excuses to, uh, to carry on doing things that make us miserable because we don't allow ourselves to admit what it is that we really want to do. And we even talk ourselves into believing that we've got to do it all. We've got to say yes to everything that's offered and live life without a single ounce of regret that might come from saying no. Um, you know, we've all heard stories like the, the the 12 publishers who turned down J.K. Rowling's first Harry Potter book proposal, you know, people who told her not to quit her day job because um, she couldn't write. Um, all the infamous guitar groups are on the way out. Mr. Epstein uh, line, which was d- delivered by Dick Rowe at Decca as he became the man who turned down the Beatles. Um, and so, you know, we don't want to be a part of this. We don't want to miss a life-changing opportunity. But the truth is, if we live as slaves to opportunity, we will miss out on opportunities because suddenly everything is important. We have no kind of limits on these things. And we're going to have to say no, because everything you say yes to means you're going to have to say no to something else. And if you're taking opportunities that don't mean anything to you, just because you're scared of what will happen if you say no, then you're going to miss out on the things that actually matter to you. Um, And we try to do it all. We fear saying no. We don't want to miss out and we don't want to regret anything. And as a result, we become undiscerning. We become unintentional about our goals. We choose quick wins in situations that we we want to get out of um, once we've got into it at the expense of this kind of steady progress towards ambitions that truly chime with who we are. Um, You know, what we believe to be important is not always important. Our perception often manages to skew our beliefs about what truly matters to us. We forget that we can choose to say no. We say yes to things that don't match our intention or our ambitions just because we, you know, have always said yes to them or, you know, for any number of reasons, we are scared of saying no. But unless we prune the kind of yes branches of our lives and get right to the core of what truly matters to us, we will never be that person we will burn out we will get overwhelmed we'll continue doing the same old things for no reason other than because it's what's in front of us it's easy it's there it's what we've always done so what would you do if money if time and the expectations of other people were not a factor how would you spend your time what is your main occupation what would you try who would you like to meet what would you make as I began to kind of think about uh, my own answers to some of these questions, I started to identify some, I guess, internal conflicts that seemed to emerge uh, when I consider my relationship with my own kind of ambitions, my own intentions. And some of these can definitely be uh, put down to my highly sensitive personality. And uh, I don't know if you recognize or identify with any of them yourself. Uh, the first one is this idea of instant results. You know, do you expect everything to, to, to change and to be understood immediately. Um, I know I do, despite the fact that I know it's not uh, natural or realistic. Um, as I said earlier, I've, I've just started a new job and I'm feeling this in a big way uh, at the moment. I'm in that place where, you know, I'm desperate for perfection. I'm desperate to know everything that I need to know and to experience everything that I need to deal with and to see the things that I'm you know, going to be be facing on a, on a day-to-day basis so that I know how to respond to them. But this, you know, it doesn't happen all at once. Learning the ropes uh, takes time, doesn't it? And, and I, I really have to fight this urge to be impatient. And this desire to do things well is a positive because it, it leads 
um, to to doing things well. It leads to, leads to this, um, yeah, yeah, this this kind of positive way of approaching your work. But it's it's worth remembering at times when you feel overwhelmed by a new situation where you don't yet understand everything, where you haven't yet seen everything, where you don't know um, everything that's going on, and you feel out of de- out of your depth. This may well be um, semi self inflicted. You know, we often have a tendency to be hard on ourselves and to feel overwhelmed when we don't understand or when we are still learning. And this, for me, mixed with imposter syndrome, can can make us feel like we're we're not cut out for it. You know, and and overlook the fact that it's completely normal. And actually, the, these these feelings that we're experiencing in this new situation where we don't feel comfortable, where we where we feel like we're we're not you know, getting the hang of things as, as fast as we want to, um, we can feel that that is a sign that we are not cut out for it. But actually, it's natural. You know, anyone starting a new job goes through this. Anyone, um, you know, entering a new situation they've not been in before has to learn the ropes. But we compare ourselves to those who have been doing it for years, people who have who are there, who are teaching us. We want to be where they are, um, and we feel like that's where we should be. But when we compare ourselves to those people, we're obviously going to feel inadequate. And we've got to remind ourselves of where we are, what we're, um, the position we're in, the season that we're in, and the fact that, you know, in the future we will be uh, able, we will we'll look back at this time and think, um, yeah, man, I didn't know anything back then, but now I take, everyth- I take my knowledge and my experience for granted. Um, the second thing is the idea of of breaking it down so uh life our goals our ambitions a lot easier to reach um when we when we break them down into smaller steps something i talk about quite a lot you might well be bored of this um but one of the things that often stops me from striving towards my goals is is overwhelmed from seeing the picture too big and i don't know if you get this as well Uh, like right now you know, I'm at the start of a goal to lose uh, just over two stone um, in in the next few months or so. And I'm two stone over what I need to be. And the prospect of losing that much weight is kind of overwhelming. That's a lot of weight to lose. But as soon as I accept that, firstly, following on from, the, from, from that, uh, the previous point, I'm not striving for an instant fix. And secondly, that it's totally realistic when I break it down into really small, manageable steps it becomes almost enjoyable. Um, and every time, you know, I finish at the gym or end the day having eaten well, I have a kind of small feeling of triumph. And if there's a day when I fail, that's that's okay too. You know, tomorrow is a chance to try again. And, you know, when you step back and you, you have a, a, a longer, um, you know, a bigger picture um, sense of, okay, it's small steps make up the big picture as opposed to I need to do it all right now. Um, then it's a lot more enjoyable and a lot more realistic to achieve the things that you want to achieve. Um, And as a highly sensitive person, I think my natural tendency is to see the whole thing and to get overwhelmed. But if you think about the greatest thing you've ever accomplished, when you stand at the end of it and look back at every little step that it took to eventually achieve the thing itself, Ask yourself the question, if I knew everything it would take to reach this goal at the beginning, would I have started? And often the answer will probably be no. But fortunately, we don't run that way. We run 
uh, forwards, don't we? We don't, we don't, we don't see everything that's going to happen before it happens. Um, fortunately, we we have an idea, we have a vision. This is where we're going to try and get. We'll take it one step at a time. Um, and th- often things, uh, unexpected things, will come in the way. Um, and and when we get to the end of it, we'll look back and think, man, that was even harder than I thought it was going to be. Um, if I went back to the beginning, knowing that it was going to involve all of that stuff, I probably wouldn't have started. Um, <laughs> you know, but you don't train for a marathon by by running a marathon, do you? You move step by step over time, gradually increasing your condition and your capacity to do it. Achieving our ambitions is much the same. Small intentional movements and the acceptance that every day uh, is going to feel different. We're going to feel different from day to day. Some days you're going to make a lot of progress. Some days you, you're not. Um, and and the main thing is is just not to get overwhelmed by the big picture that contains all those, how the hell do I do this and that and whatnot things. Like when I'm at work and I see uh, those who have heaps of experience doing all sorts of things, filling in forms that I've never seen, uh, knowing where to put them, speaking with clients about things I've not heard of. I'm like, I'm never going to get the, the hang of this job. That can feel overwhelming when I'm thinking, how the hell am I going to learn all of that? But you learn it one step at a time, uh, one question at a time, one small experience at a time. Before you even know it, you'll be that person who knows exactly what's going on while another new starter comes in and wonders how on earth they're going to get their head around it um, in the way that you have. And I suppose the flip side of this is that we can experience fear at the micro level and kind of recoil at those tiny opportunities that we have to make little steps forward. Uh, You know, perhaps we avoid an important conversation or we avoid asking a question of someone or stepping into a situation that will allow us to experience something new and teach us something that we really want to be able to do. And so we seek, uh, we kind of self-sabotage simply because we allow uh, a temporary and natural fear to dictate our decision making. So it's about kind of learning to recognize these moments, which again, we may often be able to intuitively sense, you know, a lot of the time you may well know what you need to say yes to, what you need to do to push yourself through to the next place um, in order to get to where you want to go. And always question yourself, is this something that I need to do? Um, even though I don't feel like doing, even though I'm, uh, you know, scared of doing this, why uh, don't I want to do it? Is it simply fear or is it because it's unnecessary? Um, And just say, you know, okay, well, I'm going to have to do it anyway. And afterwards I will feel great. Um, It's that voice that tells me, you know, not to bother going to the gym this evening that I've already earned a night in front of the TV. You know, where is that voice coming from? And what will it help or hinder if I allow that voice to win? Uh, Important questions to ask. Um, Thirdly, the idea of embracing ambition. You know, do you find it hard to accept and embrace the fact that you you have ambition in the first place? I know that some of you suffer with um, chronic indecisiveness, which is definitely something I, I can relate to in a small way. I don't have it in a paralyzing way at all. Um, which I know can be the case. And I've only heard of it as a thing through uh, two or three responses to my reader survey uh, through sheepdresslikewolves.com. And I'm I'm certainly going to kind of look into it more 
and perhaps uh, address it in the future. But, you know, I believe it's um, related to anxiety where you find it impossible to make a decision because you're thinking obsessively about the consequences of the different options um, and and the, the, the consequences of landing on one and making that decision, fearing what other people think, what might happen, uh, and other more kind of irrational concerns about, you know, what will happen if you make the wrong choice, etc. Um, and now I'm clearly not talking about extreme cases that, that, requires, that require kind of professional support and professional help, but I know that indecision is something that can be present for many highly sensitive people because we are sensitive to the impact of decision-making and of, you know, making big choices. And... A big one is decisions concerning your own ambitions, you know, your own goals, your, the changes that you want to make to your life and the changes you want to uh, make to the world as well, the world around you. And we need to accept and embrace that we have ambition. We're sensitive to the world and as a result we can often see where change is required. And, and it's really important that we don't hide from that. Accept that making a move is a gentle rebel because yes, that is what we're talking about, you know, we, it's the gentle rebel move. Uh, it's really important. It's something you need to do. Um, and accept that it's inevitable that some people won't like what you're doing. You know, they're going to be scared of change. They're going to be scared of new things. And maybe use your sensitivity not to back away from action, but to respond to some of those who don't get it. Rather than charging around like a, you know, the proverbial bull in a China, sh- a China shop, show those people that, don't maybe don't get the change that you want to see, um, you know, instigated. Show them that you understand and you empathise with their view, and don't just say it, but actually do it. You know, do empathise with them. You know, get into their uh, into their heads, into their mindset. Why why don't they understand um, or or feel as positive as you do about the things that you want to get changed? And see them not as deliberately trying to obstruct you, but understand the context and their background. The more that people feel truly understood, and thus the more they feel like they understand you and your motives, the more accepting they will be of you and your ambitions and your intentions. And obviously that said, it's important to remain strong in the face of a world that can easily confuse and sway us. You know, remind yourself of why it's important to you. Take yourself out of the equation. It's more than you. It's more than, uh, you know, you and your fears. It's about so much more than that. There's something more important at stake. Um, And I think we live at a time when, when everything seems to be kind of in conflict you know there there's often no right answers sometimes there are no wrong answers remind yourself of this see it as you in your favor even when everything is argued in in both directions and it would be easy to just kind of curl up in a ball and have no idea what to do with yourself what decision to make because whatever you do whatever you decide to do or whatever you want to change someone is gonna think you should do the opposite whatever it is that's always going to happen and it's important to know uh, when you need to stand firm. And this happens when you are firm on your why. And as introverts and highly sensitive people, a significant thing for many of us is a need to have a good reason why. An internal reasoning that tells us what we are doing, you know, is important and it's worth it. So this can be easy, but it can also be tricky, um, especially when we're not seeing results and we're seeing a lot of opposition to that um 
And finally, uh, the final point is, is don't feel bad. So following on from that previous point, I know introverted, highly sensitive people can, can feel bad. They can feel guilty for being ambitious, for wanting to step up and contribute something significant to the world, to the community. Uh, for example, things like asking for money in exchange for something that you do can be tough. And I know many artists, many creative people struggle with this one, sell themselves and in the process inadvertently sell other people who are doing similar things short. Um, and it's sometimes hard to believe that someone would uh, actually want to pay you to do something that you've chosen to do, something you love. But they will, and, and they should, really. And I have to remind myself um, that if I undersell, undersell myself uh, in with my music, for example, I'm underselling the whole industry and other fantastic musicians um, bringing something beautiful to the world, trying to make ends meet um, in order to continue. I'm, I'm selling those, those people short because it's this sense of a race to the bottom where, you know, everything gets cheaper and, and the expectations of the, of the, of the, the audience and stuff is that things will be cheaper and cheaper and that, you know, that you, you don't, ask, that it's inappropriate to even ask for money in exchange for, um, the stuff that you're doing. And I found this to be the case, not only with my music, but also as I began to build aspects of, of business around my blog, you know, the idea that people would pay me to do what I want to do and feel compelled to do just felt and still feels ludicrous. But then I began to realize that it was, it was the only way that it would actually happen because as Danny Inney so beautifully pointed out in a recent interview I did with him for the, for the members Haven business is not about making money. It's about finding a sustainable way to make the impact that you want to have. And impact and ambition go hand in hand. And in, ambition is not tied in with kind of fame and fortune and getting to the top. Ambition is about the audacity to dream. It's about seeing something in your mind's eye, having imagination, a vision, and then going about turning that into a reality. And this idea of uh, business not being about making money, it's about finding a sustainable way to make the impact that you want to have, is, is about carrying through that dream and getting people who who buy into that vision on board and giving them a way to to kind of fund and support it because if it isn't for money unfortunately in the in the current paradigm in which we live at the moment you know money is what gen generally speaking um keeps things going and so um it's important and vital to to fund it's it's like with art you know uh a musician might be able to um produce something but then if they don't get paid to do that or they don't find a way of of bringing in some sort of financial support uh for themselves and for their work then the work's going to dry up um and it's going to eventually stop and so it's about seeing things that we think are vital to the world things that are really important to us and and finding ways to to fund them and to support them um and so yeah i think it's important to remember anyone who's made a positive contribution to the world has been ambitious and it's also important to distinguish between purely selfish or self-serving ambition and the hunger to see some part of the world transformed in a positive way uh, for other people for future generations you know and this is what Danny's vision of 
business is, bringing the best of what you can offer the world and the value you can bring to other people and finding a way to sustain that, which in this time and this place of history is mainly served through financial sustainability, as I said. But it's also extremely important to remember, and it's going to be uh, my last, my very final point that I make, uh, you know, we can get obsessive, we can get bogged down in, in work, in, in this idea of making a difference, in making our impact to, a, to an abstract place. And we can forget about those closest to us, the people that mean the world to us and the, the non-productive aspects of our lives. Those things that bring us the greatest sense of fulfillment and happiness and joy. And we need to remember that we're finite beings and that if we spend all our time and energy and effort on things that are measurable or growing a certain thing we're ambitious about, we're taking energy reserves away from those people around us who just need us to be there, to be with them, to be frivolous with our energy, to spend it, to care, to be carefree and lavish it on them from time to time. And if we succeed in our kind of worldly, you know, external ambitions to change the world, but end up with those closest to us resenting the fact that we do that at the expense of our relationships with them, then I don't think there's a huge amount of success there. Um, and so I, that's, it's worth just bearing that in mind, that actually, you know, we need to be balancing these things and we need to be really scrutinising um, ourselves and, and our choices uh, uh, around those those kinds of areas. Uh, so yeah, I hope this has been helpful. Thank you uh, once again for listening. Um, it's great that you've uh, that you've joined me for this entire episode. And if you've enjoyed uh, this show, then please do consider giving it a rating uh, on iTunes, leaving a review if you have time. It does mean a huge amount to me when I hear from you. It really helps to push the show up the iTunes rankings, potentially in front of more people into more ear holes um, who who wouldn't otherwise hear it. So if you if you believe in this um, and the kind of message that's that's happening here, then then that's what you can do. It'd be amazing if you if you can. A massive thank you if you have already done that or if you do continue to do it. I do so really appreciate it. Uh, as do other people. So thank you. Um, okay, I'll, I'm going to be back next week with another uh, hybrid blog post podcast. Uh, let me know what you think of this idea. Um, you can get in touch with me via the website, sheepdresslikewolves.com. Um, and uh, until next time, remember that you are an artist. The world needs your art. Uh, and now go and make somebody's day. All right. Goodbye. Goodbye.